Breaking through with Olam. Tank fly, boss walk, jam, nitty gritty. You're listening to the boy from the big bad city. This is jam hot. This is jam hot. Hi, I'm Olem, and welcome along to my new podcast. As the podcast is entitled Breaking Through with Olem, I think it best that I give you a bit of an update to where I currently am. At the moment, I'm working on my debut track called Cashew Cake, due to be released in December. It will be first played in Birmingham in the Rainbow Venue on the night of the 8th of December 2018 by none other than Brandon Block. I hope to later include it within a forthcoming podcast, so please look out for that. I just want to take this opportunity to thank all of you that have listened so far. Most importantly, to the many of you out there that have subscribed to my podcast and are with me for the journey as I am breaking through as Olem. It's been a cathartic experience for me today. I've enjoyed it, I've met loads of new people and I'm making some great friendships. So I hope many of you, if not all of you, are here for the journey. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast and see if you can spot the moment that Luke's cat joined us for the interview. Okay, I'm sat here with Luke Curtis, who is a professional DJ photographer who's travelled all over the world and taken pictures of events, commercial events and artists alike. He has been regularly featured in DJ Mag and is connected with labels such as Elro, Abode and Defected. And Luke is currently one of only two professional photographers contracted to do work with Relentless. Spot on, yeah, yeah, spot on. In the UK, yeah. yeah. Right, so what, what I'm aiming to do by way of this podcast is talk about my own development and the importance of getting my photos right, my EPK, which is the electronic press kit, and also making sure that I my, my own image is projected out to the people that I want to, to follow me and follow my music. So rather than me rattling on, can you just give me a bit of a an insight in the importance of social presence? Yeah, uh, so it's this, this day and age, the, the reality is, you know, social media and your visual identity is as important as your music. And, you know, some of the purists out there will get really annoyed and upset and say it should always be about the music. And I, I totally agree, music should come first. But with social media and sort of the importance of it, it's really important that you, you present yourself well on social media, not just well on, say, for instance, Instagram or just on Twitter or just on Facebook. It's, you know, presenting yourself really well across all of the social media channels. And the reason being is people don't just use one social platform. They will use a range of them. You know, if they go across and there's an inconsistency in the message you're trying to, to give out, you know, from Twitter to Instagram to Facebook, what that creates is like, lack of confidence they don't really know who you are what you're trying to be about um, so the idea is you try and get this consistent message across you know all all of your your social platforms and it's super important okay so what, what i'm gathering from there is that all of my social platforms you know my my twitter my instagram my facebook mixed clouds you know soundcloud alike have to have a common theme yeah is that right? So that it, you know, I'm not conflicting yeah, on different like, platforms. Hundred percent. If you look at look at any successful business, like McDonald's is a really good example. You know, McDonald's used the same logo, same brand, same copy, same everything across. You know, their website, in stores, on leaflets, on apps. You know, you know, sponsoring. You know, whatever they do, it's always this consistent message. And I think you need to be doing the same. And and the reason being is it helps in terms of your 
your identity. You know, if you if you use the same press image for the whole year, by the end of the year, people that have already seen you at the beginning of the year can easily relate to that image because they've seen it previously before. If you've just got this scattergun approach with like all these different identities and stuff, it's very hard to link that identity to you and create consistency. So like, you know, it should, should be consistent across the board. Right, so there's a number of follow-on questions that have come from that. The, the one, the first one, obviously, in my mind, which I'm keen to, to discuss with you is amateur pictures. Mm -hmm. I mean, what's your view on that? My social platforms having pictures that perhaps my friends have taken of yeah. me, you know, me in the mood, or are, are the they moment. worthwhile? So I, I categorise, especially if sort of for DJs, like in terms of like helping them build their brand and identity, I've categorised, There's, I'd sort of say there's two types of images that you should be using. You have what I call stock images, and then you have what I call lifestyle images. So your stock images will be your traditional sort of press shot against a plain background or something like that. And that's going to be used to promote yourself for events and to build up for events. And, you know, you should use the same image across the board as, as much as possible. Then you have your lifestyle images. Now, your lifestyle images are pictures that are taken in transit. So what I mean is like the images that are taken of you just going about life. What they will do is your stock images are about promotion, but lifestyle images are about building a fan base. Like it's, it's about making you relatable. So say for instance, you've had your mates take a picture of you on their mobile phone, you know, in Esfidera, overlooking Ibiza and stuff like The fact that it's on a mobile phone doesn't really make a difference because the content is, is telling you everything it needs to, you know. A good example is Lost Frequency. If you look at his uh, social media channel, he uses these images very well. He uses a lot of stock images, but a lot of lifestyle images. They're all shot professionally, and that's understandable because he's like, you know, he's worth millions of dollars, and he can afford to have a photographer travel around with him. Obviously, a lot of people in the early stages of their career, they can't afford a photographer to travel around them. So having friends take pictures or, you know, people that are at events take pictures, that's absolutely fine. As long as, you know, it's showing something of value and the value is trying to make you relatable. So, you know, there's a really good one recently I used this example and it's like uh, Jamie Jones stroking a dog in Esfadera. You know, if you love Ibiza and you can recognise Esfadera, straight away Jamie Jones becomes instantly relatable. If you like dogs, you're going to like love the guy even more. So all of a sudden, you know, people that may have just come across him, say for instance, someone in America may have heard one of his tracks, all of a sudden, this guy's totally relatable. They like the same sort of things and, and now the sort of images you use to create a fan base, if that makes sense. Okay, no, no, no it's, it's really interesting. I mean, what's interesting for me to understand is today we're, we're taking some press shots yeah. of me. What sort of things are we hoping to draw out? You know, in my mind's eye, you know, I want to be able to represent the brand that I'm going to get out there by way of having professional pictures. But at the same time, I want the, the clown aspect that I, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a joker. I like, I'm quite up for, for having a good time. But, you know, is it important to have a variety of different pictures that show personality of you so that, you know, your fans can relate to it? Yes, 100%. Um, and this is kind of the advice I'd give to a lot of people, especially well, mainly DJs. If, if you're going to go get some press shots done, my advice to you would be get press shots done you know, by somebody who's involved in, in the industry, like dance music industry. And the reason being is you, know, you can create this rapport with them and you can start talking about events, you can start talking about music and you become relatable to each other. Um, and then what you get, <laughs> what you get with that relatability is your personality will start to come through. You know, you could go online and look for a photographer and choose the best wedding photographer in London and get him to shoot your press shots. 
my honest opinion, they're going to be good photos technically, but they're going to be crap in terms of bringing you to life. And that's why you should have somebody who you can relate to. You know, I've, we've known each other five minutes and instantly I can relate with you. We've got subjects we can talk about. And I know when we start shooting later, I can start sort of picking on some of those subjects and I can, you know, you'll start to come alive as you start to engage with me on those subjects. So yeah, you're, we need to pull as much of your personality out as possible. The only way you can do that is by being relatable. So, um, right. so it makes sense choosing somebody in the industry. So there was, there was kind of a key point that came out there about anybody wanting to uh, get their press shots done. Mm. Do you need to have that rapport with your photographer? Do they need to understand you as a person in order to bring your essence out? Yeah, I'm I'm a bit of a, like I'm a bit of an arty farty sort of purist when it comes to uh, photography so f for me the least important thing when it comes to taking pictures is all of the technical like is all technical crap basically like for me it's about the relationship you build with the person that's how you get good images not not knowing you know what aperture your camera shuts out or what your highest iso values is like all that stuff is just nonsense it's about your ability to relate with another human and bring them to the surface and um, because having a camera pointed in your face isn't a natural thing it makes people feel uncomfortable and the only way you can bypass that is by, by being relatable like I, I love a chat so when I'm taking pictures the first thing I'm doing is I'm just talking you know I'm asking loads of questions I'm trying to find out as much about you as possible to see if I can relate on any of those subjects you'll start to relax and then all of a sudden you start to come through in those images right cool so I think we've uh, covered the image side of it what I'm particularly interested also to talk about is I you know I've signed up for a package through the uh, Get Booked Academy on Facebook that you know I'm a member of, and it's all about enhancing my social presence. So I, I, I get the impression that the photos are only one small part of my social presence. What's what also, in your opinion, is important to get conveyed? Um, so it's, it's personal brand. So f for me, I think over like the last year or so, I've come to the realization that. People don't pay me to take pictures. Like that's that's not what happens. People pay me to help present them as best as they want to be presented. That, that's the solution. Like it's not people paying me for the most technically amazing picture. What they're you know what they're sort of choosing to work with me for is because they want to bring you know their personal brand to life through their images. Um, I sort of sidetracked myself a little bit. You're talking about you getting paid. Talking about bringing them out. Yeah, I sort sort of. The, the, Oh, God, I totally forgot what I was going to go there. <laughs> well, we'll come back to it. Okay. That, was a, that was a swig of that strong coffee. <laughs> oh, what I might uh, focus on now is something that people may not be aware of uh, that are listening in or maybe uh, DJs that haven't really got round to it. It's the importance of having an EPK, which is an electronic press kit. I mean... Just, just for anybody who wasn't aware, can you just tell me a little bit about it or yeah, yeah. what's involved in them? So, so EPK is your electronic press kit, as, as you mentioned, and, and effectively, if you're going to tr translate that to anything that's relatable, it's, it's your CV as an entertainer. So if you're going to go into a job interview and you turn up without a CV or you turn up with your CV written in crayons on the back of, you know, coloured cards, you're going to make yourself look like an idiot. And that's effectively what your EPK is. It's how you present yourself as an entertainer, as a professional entertainer in the industry. Um, and what it does is it gives potential bookers all of the information and assets they need to be able to book you and put you on stage. So it should give them all of the information, you know, about sort of like your, your, your previous history, your bio, images that they can then use to promote you. And those images will be a combination of those stock images we spoke about earlier and those lifestyle images. Um, and that's the idea of an EPK and sort of the, the most 
powerful tool that an EPK has is about consistency in terms of your brand message. If, for instance, you're trying to build up this personal brand in the industry and you want to deliver this consistent message, if, say, for instance, one magazine asks you one week and you have to just give them an answer and another magazine asks you the following week and you give them another answer, that message is going to be so different and so diluted. There's, there's inconsistencies in it. So the idea is you use your EPK to create this controlled narrative about your story and who you are as an entertainer. It's centralised and basically the message that's delivered about you is that core message, which is exactly the same as any company. So if you look at, you know, any, I'll use McDonald's again, I use BMW, they all have corporate brand like guidelines and strategies. This is what we do in this situation. This is the text we use. This is where we deliver. This is where our logo sits. And that's what your EPK is doing for you. A lot of people think EPK is a few cool pictures and a bit of a blurb about your bio. Like the, the real secret behind an EPK and, and sort of the most powerful thing it offers is the ability to control your story as an entertainer. You know, and that's you know super, super, super important. One of the other things that I'm hoping to achieve with yourself, not, not necessarily today, but in the long term future, is a bit of an audit on my social platforms that I'm on. Do you think it's important as an emerging artist to get independent people to look at uh, your social network, look at you know what platforms you're on, and try and sort of standardise the message that you're getting across, or maybe actually give you pointers towards projecting the right message. I mean, how important is that? It's it's really important, and I think in terms of getting external people to come review your platform, like I think it's it's so needed. You know. No one is an expert on everything, you know, that's why you have like plumbers, you have electricians, you have brickies, you know, if you want to build a house, you have to work with every single one of those to build a house. You could get a jack of all trades to come in and you'll do a half decent job, but if you get all of those specialists come in to build a house, you know, all of those areas are going to be taken care of. So in terms of promoting yourself as a DJ, I totally get it. Your, your passion is going to be your ability to play and entertain to a crowd. You're not going to be a guru at social media. You're not going to be a guru at putting together images. So you have to work with uh, experts to, to be able to make sure those areas are, are as best presented as they possibly can. And I think if you think you can do it all yourself in the early stages, you, you definitely can um, to start building a name. But as you start to get more and more professional, there's a reason why you know the likes of Eats Everything, Carl Cox, Jamie Jones, like all of these guys have external agencies or external people that work with them to manage their diaries, to manage their image, to manage you know sort of their interviews because no one person can, can centralise all of that. You need to work with specialists across all of those fields. Right, cool. So there's a, a couple of uh, reverse engineered questions that I want to put back at you. Throw a few curveballs. I mean, you, you're quite well established in, in the industry. You, you found your niche with regards to taking pictures of some of the leading DJs on the scene. I mean, you, you've alluded to one of them that absolutely is one of my idols, and that's Carl Cox. I mean, you know, it was somebody that's so, so lively as what uh, Carl Cox is. Do, do you find it a challenge to bring out his persona in your pictures or... It, have you got that relationship where you just can rock up and go, I'll take these pictures? Carl's, like, from previously working with him, like, shooting him at events and stuff, he, he is one of those anonymy, like, he's just, you don't really have to work with him because he's so consistent in who he is. He delivers every time. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't play for a, a paycheck. Like, he plays because he, he genuinely wants to be there and he genuinely enjoys being there. So you're taking pictures of him and he's, He's enjoying it like he's happy he's, he's where he wants to be and that that is you can tell a lot from that 
um, in terms of taking pictures because he's just he's just absolutely loving life. Whereas there are some other artists that maybe you know. 30 days into a summer tour, you know, they've been all around the world, they're absolutely hanging out their ass, they've been doing God knows what, and they, like, they, they, you know, you can, you can tell straight away that they're just, they'd rather be somewhere else, but, you know, they're committed to playing it, so they're going to play their set, and in situations like that, it's difficult to get the best out of the scenario, because of how, you know, sort of like, what, what's going on, whereas Kyle is just like, every time he plays, that's where he wants to be, so it's, it's easy to work with someone like that. You can follow Olam on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and listen on SoundCloud, Mixcloud, and iTunes. Oh, one last thing, and it's a bit of a sales pitch on your part. You know, my, my pictures are going to be going on my social media in the next week or two, perhaps. You know, I'll be rebranding myself under the, the name Olam. If anybody listening to this is interested in perhaps get speaking to you in regards to having pictures taken... Uh, having a look at their EPK or maybe, you know, a bit of a social media audit. I mean, how, how do they get in touch with you? Um, so you can literally get in touch with me. I'm, I'm, I'm on Skype, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook. You can carry a pigeon me, you can WhatsApp me. Um, yeah, I'm pretty much available through all of them. And, and the reason I make myself available through all of those social media and sort of like communication channels is because the communication channels that the modern world is actively using. So it makes sense to be available across all of those. And, you know, I think if, if you do want to work with me, it's something you should consider yourself as well. You know, I'm available for all of these channels and you should be as well, because why would you, why would you limit your ability to be able to get to the next step? Um, but yeah, probably the first protocol, head to my website, which is www.lukecurtis.co.uk. Keep it nice and simple. And then, yeah, all the information you'll, you'll be able to sort of find from there. Wicked. Last two questions. If you could go back 10 years and do something right that you think you've done wrong, what would it be? God, if I could go back 10 years, I would have, I'd have picked up a camera before, I'd have picked up a camera as soon as I knew how to use my fingers and thumbs, basically. That, you know, and that's, that's hindsight, I guess. I, did, I didn't pick up a camera until later on in my life and the catalyst for that was the expect, like, expectation of me having my first daughter and I think, you know, I've done a lot in, say, the last five years. If I could have had two decades on that, like, God knows where I would be. So, yeah, it's probably, probably one of the things that would have changed. And last one, one that I want to project through my own uh, uh, journey is why. Why does Luke Curtis do what he does? I grew up in South East London and sort of in that time, like I missed the whole Acid House era because I was I was too young, but sort of I grew up as house music was really starting to establish itself as like a commercial form of entertainment. You know, back when Pasha was at Victoria and they had Head Candy and things like that. And, you know, growing up in London, going to these raves, it, like the music done something to me like oh, I just it just made me feel alive. It made me feel totally accepted. And, you know, it's really cliche to say it like I, I found some amazing friends through going out and dancing and one of my best friends Jack is you know me and him you know our friendship was forged in turn mills basically like years and years and years ago and uh later on in life I learned to take pictures and I was like you know if I could combine my passion for taking pictures with dance music I'll be as happy as I could possibly ever be and you know I've been able to merge the two so that's the reason I do it is because I love the music I love taking pictures and you know the old cliche of find a job you, you love you never have to work another day in your life I I go out, you know, sometimes 12 o'clock at night, don't get back until 6. My missus says to me, like, you never whinge about going out. Like, I, could, I couldn't deal with being out. And I'm like, I love it. Like, I literally, I love it. Sort of like, it, it, it makes me feel really happy. So that's why. I can yeah. see it. I can see it in your face. <laughs> so, 
I, I guess we're going to have to get on and uh, do these pictures. But people uh, listening to this, if they're uh, in the DJ community, can uh, catch Luke at uh, the DJ Growth Lab conference, which is on the 8th of December in Birmingham, where you're going to be one of the keynote speakers. I am, yes. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. All that's left to say is thanks for your time, Luke. Appreciate it. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers, Matt. Okay, we're going to play a quick track for you. and This is Spread Love by Boston Bun. That brings us to the end of this podcast. Please tune in next time to Breaking Through with Olem. You can follow Olem on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube and listen on SoundCloud, Mixcloud and iTunes. Tune in for more mixes 
playlists, podcasts and this eagerly awaited track.